<clears throat> Welcome, folks. It's your second episode of the Dynasty Hour. I am just one of your hosts, um, Fantasy Blue Chip, here with our favorite bass hole, Chuck Bass. He is the host of This Guy Sucks. And, of course, you can catch us here every week. And then he is here to save your fantasy lineups, Justin Herrera. How you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, as you can see by my headline. I am confident to say that I am the 101 of Fantasy Jesus's, just like Bryce Young should be confident to say he's going to be the 101 of NFL drafting. Okay, I, I got to ask, who is the 102, 102 and who is the 103 of Fantasy Jesus's? I just got to know. I think we just, just got to rank them as deities at that point. Like, I don't think there's so much a Jesus as there, like, might be a Buddha. or there Oh, could be, I was wondering if there was yeah. going to be, like, a Vegas strip version of the fantasy Jesus who's in, like, Toledo right now trying to get his podcast up and running, and he's just giving out shit picks left and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, he, he's not at the he's not at the MGM. He's at like one of the the further in town freaking yeah, Las Vegas he's casinos. At the golden the, the old yeah, Las yeah. Vegas casinos. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to be I'm trying to lock down the Scientology day. day. Mm. It's fucking wild and <laughs> they make a lot of money. So You're tax free, baby. Tax free. Yeah. Head down to Clearwater, Florida. You'll be running the joint. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Florida, resident Florida man, we're hopping into it, into our news and shenanigans. Mm, please. Aaron Rodgers finally happens, folks. What? Um, Aaron, it happens. We, It, it, it actually did. And now that it, it, it actually happened... It's almost like Avatar Two. We we waited we waited so fucking long, and then like now that it's actually here, it's not that good. And I feel like everyone got fucked over, like the actors, us as the audience. Yes. No one's happy about this. Like I feel like the Jets overpaid. Justin, you want to take this one because I got too much to say. Um. So actually, from the Jets side, I'd be very happy if I were them. You only got to take fifteen million of the cap. You exchange two picks worth, right? You know, and then at the end of the day, you know, it's a second round pick and he's already talking about possibly staying for another year. So you give up a first round pick for 65%. But guess what? You move up, you get that town excited again. And if you're the Packers, I, I mean, shit, you possibly get two. I mean, you don't get two first round picks. You just swapped one. But you have the possibility of getting another one. I don't know what you guys were really expecting from this deal. I wasn't expecting more than like two second rounders. And that's essentially what this equated to mm -hmm. with the whole conditional end of, you know, it being a first round pick. If he plays 65% of the snaps, which mm -hmm. duh, he's probably yeah. going to, because who would want one, it would be barring injury. And two, nobody's ever going to say Zach Wilson should play over Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Like even if he gets the noodle arm syndrome Never. that Brett Favre had at the end of the, his jets reign, there's no one who's going to step in that building and say, you know what, that Zach Wilson kid, he should really be playing right now. No. Yeah. So he's going to play 65% of those snaps. So yeah. I actually – I didn't mind how this panned out. Worst case scenario, the Jets got to start over. They're really well equipped for starting over. They've been doing it ever since Joe Nathan quit on them. So, <laughs> you know, this is nothing new to this team. But they have a little twinkle in their eye. And, you know, it's like Frank Sinatra came back to life and is back in New York for this city right now. 
Yeah, it's um, in regards to the term, I agree with all kinds of shit you just said, but in terms of the trade, I don't know. I, I'm in, I'm in the Packers. I hate all the verbiage because it's so overplayed because we've been talking about this for a month, but I think the Packers got fleeced and I think they had all the leverage. They're going into a rebuild. They need all the picks that they can. I can't believe they had to give up a pick. Aaron Rodgers made it clear he wanted to play for the Jets. The Jets made it clear they wanted to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Is he a huge cap asset? Yes, absolutely. But this is a team that's rebuilding. They're not, they may say they want to win now. They're not going to be able to. They know what they have. They know the talent that they have. The Jets, the Jets front office, the Jets head coaches, we're talking fireable offense if they don't land this deal. Um, did they get the, did they get the quality of the player that they wanted? And did they get a first round pick of it? Yes. I can't believe it. I honestly can't believe that they were able to finagle some of that stuff out of it. Um, we'll see though. I mean, I'm just a I'm just a man who's had several drinks. Oh. Well, I guess from the football aspect of it, like I, I'm actually on the side that I think the 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 Jets got the better end of the deal. Like like, like you're gonna win a championship and you're not sure. doing what the Rams did. Like the Rams right now yeah. are are fucked, man. Like like the, they have a long way to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And and they gotta basically land every draft pick that they get. And they haven't proven to to be able to do that. That's why you don't draft two two out well in the yeah. second round. You know, like that's an awful decision. Sure. So I think they, they got a good deal. And like you said, the Packers had all the leverage in the world. Mm-hmm. The only diff on the football side, I only disagree with you, Chuck. I don't mm-hmm. think the Packers are going to rebuild. I think what they need to do is get to the playoffs because Matt mm-hmm. LaFleur is playing with this job because sure. they bought a system that is supposed to be safe. And at most, yeah. I think that they've been hamstrung because of Aaron Rodgers, because we've seen that Nathaniel Hackett probably isn't really shit. And sure. like he's, he's, he's just like Adam Gase, man. Like he was willing to let mm, the Hall of Fame, he's willing to let a Hall of Fame QB do whatever the fuck he wanted on the offense. Mm-hmm. As soon as that Hall of Fame QB left, or in Nathaniel Hackett's t- uh, uh, Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett's point of view, he um, went to go fleece the Broncos out of money. <laughs> a lot of it, uh, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> y- you want someone who's not going to argue with you. Now Nathaniel yeah. Hackett can actually run his offense with someone who just wants to play. Like yeah. Jordan Love's been sitting there and he just wants to play. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the Dan- the dynasty aspect or the fan- the sure. fantasy aspect. It's all relevant. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers it talked about this a little bit last time. Here. We're, we're yeah. treating him like we were Tom Brady uh, the, like the, the, here lately. It's year to year right now. I think this mm-hmm. dude, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires midseason. I mean, he's sure. clearly not all there. He's To me, he's a a couple of bad games from AJ Brown. If you really think about it, not AJ Brown, Antonio <laughs> Brown, like, like just the crazy Oy! antics and bullshit he did. Yeah. If it, yeah. If, if he was a black receiver or whatever, you yeah. know, like, like he would be gone, you know, He'd a lot of people run off of that jets field. That, that's, that's a yeah. common occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, uh, yeah. for the fan, the fantasy aspect, Chuck, I'll let you mm. give your opinion. Um, I love it. Will I overpay for Aaron Rodgers in any meaningful way? Absolutely not. Uh, do I think he is a bona fide top 10 quarterback for the next year? Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, I watched the way he played last year. I thought he was still playing at a high caliber. I just think that they that, that, that team quit. Overall, he had no fight in him. He's pushing for something. He's motivated, and we've seen what he can do when he's motivated. Um, I like him as a temporary rental, maybe – I, I think he'll play for two years. I really do. I think he's got a, a fair enough amount left in the tank. 
the bills are teetering, the dolphins are whatever. I mean, you're not talking about going all in for just one year. You're talking about maybe a couple of two years here. And look, he's got stank on his record. He's got absolute stank and he needs got red. What do they say in the Avengers? He's got red in his ledger and he needs to get it out. Um, and I think he's got plenty of opportunity to do that. I love it for everybody there. My only real concern, if we're being completely honest, is Brees Hall. I mean, does the passing offense take a step and the rushing offense take a step back? I don't know. That's my would be my major concern for as far as dynasty and running back implications coming off of an ACL. I'll hold I'll hold the Brees Hall point for mm-hmm. for just a second. Um, would you rather have Will Levis or Aaron Rodgers? Me, yeah. Will Levis. <laughs> okay, I don't need to ask any more questions. I'm Justin, out. To you. Appreciate, yeah. appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will you tell me? Because, like, to me, the quarterbacks only go up from there. So, like, like that's the floor that you're willing to pay yeah. for a rookie pick. So that kind of tells me sure. your value, Justin. To you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're the one, you're the original idea of basically saying that he's Tom Brady. So I'll just go ahead and skip to the point. Who would you rather have? Will Levis or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers in a heartbeat. Ooh. Anthony Aaron Richardson Rogers or Aaron Rodgers? Heartbeat. Aaron Rodgers. And that one will actually depend on where he gets drafted. If he gets drafted okay. to a situation sure. where he has to be the quarterback now, Aaron Rodgers in a heartbeat. If he gets a chance to sit, I'll take Eric. I'll take AR fifteen. CJ Stroud or or Aaron Rodgers. Mm, man, I guess I'll take Stroud. You want me to I tag you I, out? I, I, got, I, I can answer in a heartbeat. I can answer in a heartbeat in that one if you want, Aaron. Rodgers. I think I'll take Stroud in that one just because you know with Still Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers me. You go Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, wow. and like you did, you know, I mean, I think Stroud is the biggest fit dependent quarterback of all these guys. Okay. All right. I, I got it. I was, I was ready to transition, but like, <laughs> like I got it. Chuck, Chuck is hot this week. Chuck's way too fucking spicy <laughs> this week. Okay. For one, for Brees Hall to answer your question, I get your concerns. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have high quality running back touches. Now Aaron Rodgers yeah. still will not be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will not be a running function of that offense. And whenever mm-hmm. you have a, a high-performing offense, you're going to have mm-hmm. more red zone touches. So I think his value is fine there. And that wasn't a hot take. That's just me sitting on that for a minute. Mm-hmm. But C.J. Stroud being the most situational, dependent mm-hmm. quarterback, I need yes. you to elaborate on that. because. Uh, well, I'd like to – all. I'll preface all of that by saying I'm massively down on, I hate big, big, big money program quarterbacks coming into the NFL typically. And when I say money, I mean, these programs that get, you know, your LSUs, your Ohio States, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, look, they bat such high volume that some of them are going to succeed your Watsons, your Burroughs. But for the most part, I mean, these guys just are used to playing at such level of comfortability and they're used to playing such level of talent and they usually get drafted way higher than they should, or they go to a team like the Texans that don't have a good fit, that don't have their that are in the complete bones of a rebuild, and they crumble. Um, and when I watch CJ Stroud play, I just I just don't see I don't see anything that makes me go, wow, one good game against Georgia is not enough for me to go. This is a guy, this is a franchise carrying guy. So Chuck, I got this, I got a rebuttal for you. Please. Once you get past the Texans. It's all teams that have weapons ready to go. 
the Colts. No, you got Jonathan Taylor. You got Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. You even got a plethora of gigantic or tight ends there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Lions. You've got the Seahawks. You've got the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You've got all these teams that seemingly have like mm-hmm. fits. So, say Bryce Young goes. Say the Texans dip on the idea mm-hmm. of a quarterback. Yeah. Do you like him if he lands in any one of those four teams that I told you? Yes. Do you like him over Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Over Aaron Rodgers for dynasty purposes, yes. And I'll tell you why that is. That's a great – I'm glad you you pushed the needle on this one. I don't even know if that's an expression. I love – I like Seattle because that's a team that I think has gotten maximum value out of the quarterback position despite what their mayor – despite the potential limits of who the quarterbacks may have been over the course of a better decade. I trust what the Lions are doing. If they've gotten this out of Jared Goff, who I do not think is that good of a quarterback, then I absolutely trust uh, what they could do with C.J. Stroud. Um, I mean, I'd love for him to go somewhere where he can – I don't think he can't bloom. I just think it's the hardest for him to bloom of all before the major four. So do you think he's at his at his ceiling coming in is what the real question is? Um Jake, Jake, are you about to say something? Because I want to think about what you just said, Justin. Um, I actually, I think Justin's hitting on something. I, I think people need to be realistic about CJ Stroud's ceiling, both as a player and as a fantasy asset. He has to be Joe Burrow to be a top ten receiver. He doesn't really offer that rushing floor, and that means he needs to be throwing touchdowns at a high rate. Like that's just math, people. It doesn't like like I understand the football of it. He could offer a team a lot of value, mm-hmm. but as far as your fantasy team, maybe not so much. Um, mm-hmm. And his ceiling, like I said, it could be Dak Prescott. It could be Joe Burrow. Meaning that mm-hmm. like he could rush a little bit, but he's not like he's never going to be Josh Allen. He's like that'll mm-hmm. never happen. And you need to be realistic about that. That's all mm-hmm. I was going to say. Sure. And uh, I mean, I I pretty much would hammer both of those points home. And I, I, I agree completely. I've seen coaches turn guys that I never thought were going to be that good into guys that are 10 year starters. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I don't want it to be misconstrued that I think this is somebody who's going to be a bust. I just feel more strongly about the other three prospects, you know, just overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, this is interesting. Like, I guess it's pivoting slightly to now I'll, I'll save I'll save the, the Stroud banner for later. Mm-hmm. Um, the final point, and then we'll leave it be. What, what are your thoughts on Garrett Wilson? Are you, do you think he is the dynasty wide receiver through now? Mm. <laughs> I got you. Um, I absolutely freaking love Garrett Wilson to the moon. I don't think that there's going to be a price tag that is too high minus maybe Justin Jefferson or, um, Jamar chase. Uh, I publicly support George Pickens as the best wide receiver from that class, but I privately invest in Garrett Wilson as much as I possibly can. I insider trade the shit out of that. Um, man, I, I love the guy and I, I, what I really love, what, what I think is so telling and where I've left where the team's going is that, I don't think that the wide receiver position was a major need for the Jets going into last year, even though they could have used upgrades and they just fucking hit a home run with him. That means that they're, they believe in a significant long-term investment in a player that's even better than I think everybody thought he was going to be. Yeah. I, I think developing your team, it's crucial that you, you de- that you draft best available. You get your mm-hmm. quarterback, then you draft best available at that point. Mm-hmm. 
And you got to think about the teams like the Ravens and now the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And like to, to some extent, the 49ers that have like drafted really well. The Patriots, you could have said that like five years ago. Not now. Mm-hmm. They like the draft like shit the last five years. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Eagles, what do they actually need? Nothing, but they they're essentially drafting for 2024 already. All they got to do is like, all right, this guy's getting old. This guy's on his last contract. Let's go ahead and get this guy, and then he has time to sit and develop. And and like you said, with Garrett Wilson, you 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 take him. He doesn't have to develop, and you got a stud. If Elijah Moore is gravy after that point, you know, like nothing else matters anymore. You got a top three asset. I've already been drafting Garrett Wilson as the wide receiver three, and like the two startups that I've done this offseason. So I think a stud. Justin, uh, I'll let you you take us home, and then we'll we'll move on to the next piece of news. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you already have him as the three. Um, I think that's where people are going to put him now. Uh, I did a lot of my drafting early on, and I was happy for it because I was getting Garrett Wilson at what I thought was a bargain basement price. He was the number three wide receiver on a lot of my teams, and I was so happy for that. And now I'm even happier because this skyrockets him to another into another echelon of wide receivers in the fantasy uh, fantasy football. So. Yeah, I can't really say anything else to top what you guys did. I think it was perfect. I think he is definitely got a rocket strapped to the back of him now. And, you know, sky is yeah. <laughs> sky is not even the limit anymore. Fucking the moon. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> this is why you're the fantasy Jesus and I'm just like nearly <laughs> an apostle. Because I'm an I'm an asshole. I'm a I'm a at this point, I'm a like a rookie expert for fantasy, and I knew Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver in the draft class. I knew it, Excellent. and I said, "Up, oh, he's drafted to the Jets," and I lowered him up my rookie rankings and I missed out mm. on so many shares of Garrett Wilson at a discount. Mm. That is a lesson, and I'm pulling my own receipt right now. And Damn like, it. you don't do that anymore. You you don't you do not do that anymore. All right, folks actually a bit because I feel like he's been overvalued at this point, but Jamison Williams gets suspended for six games for betting on another sport might, might have you. So it's, it has to me, that's no, he, there's no point shaving or affecting the game at that point, but for another sport, mm-hmm. uh, Justin, I'll let you start us off. Yeah. There's some crazy rules out there. They got him for college football because he was betting when he was in the facility. Like, what? Mm. What does that even mean? Um, But I guess that's what the whole six-game suspension was, is he wasn't betting directly on the NFL. So, you know, kudos to you. I hope you won some money because you probably won't be getting paid for six games. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I don't know. For Jamison Williams, I still like him as a talent. I think, you know – the worst case scenario is he's going to come in the way he did last year. And hopefully that means that, you know, we'll get to use him a little bit more because he'll be up to speed by championship week instead of, you know, trying to catch up. Um, So, I I mean, what are you going to do? You got enough money. Why are you betting? And if you're betting, why aren't you using somebody else's account? Use your nephew's account. Make one for your cousin. Do something else, bro. Like, I don't know what's going on here, man. Like, why Why do all these guys got to be putting a lot of money on games, like college games and stuff like that, if you know? You got a firsthand view of it when Calvin Ridley got suspended for a whole year. Like, come on now. 
Come on. What are we no, doing? It's, um, it, it's absolutely painful. There's nothing that an NFL player uh, can do at this point that will make me go, I can't believe he did that. But I honestly <laughs> I can't, I can't believe he fucking did that. I really can't. But, I mean, as far as, like, what this season looks like for him and his value to the team and his value to the franchise, I mean, I, I, I'm honestly still relatively high on him. I mean, his role and his projected success, I think, will be 200% determined by the draft and what the team decides to do and how much they value um, that second wide receiver position. They didn't bring back DJ Chark. They, their, only, they, their only significant signee was Marvin Jones. And, I mean, I love Marvin Jones, but when we all know what he is at this point. Um, he's basically a wide receiver vulture. So I feel pretty great about him. If the lions can ride the storm, um, you know, I, I basically think he looks what he's going to be for that offense. I think is basically like a broke ass version of what Jalen Waddle is for, um, the dolphins, you know, Amon Ra is still going to come in high target share and still absolutely, you know, rock the rock and be the representation of the lions, you know, philosophy as a player, tough, rigid, gets the, makes the hard catches, but I mean, they just need that extra spark plug and it looks to me like they are going to welcome him back as that, as that asset. Well, you guys are way more optimistic than I am because like, <laughs> like, let's be honest, he's played, I think 12 plays in the it's last not great, Bob. It, it's not great, but I could be wrong. So for that, I'm going to bring on our injury expert, Brian Scott. Perfect. Hello, hello. What's up, Brian? How we doing, gentlemen? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I hear the Jameson Williams discussion was uh, the hot topic. Just yeah, well, we we know that you have the inside track, so you were uh, you were in you were there when he tore his ACL. You operated on him. Why don't you just <laughs> tell the people about? It? <laughs> yeah, it went smooth. Uh, everything came out great. Uh, <laughs> now, um, listen, actually, this is going to help him. Um, not that he was in a bad spot anyway, because mm -hmm. uh, he actually came back and did play. I think was it six games last year? Didn't mm -hmm. do much, but he played. Sure, yeah, and. Six um, and uh, you know now, just uh, he'll have a, a an additional six games to to rehab some more and get even more ready. And if you look back historically, and this has been proven statistically too, ACL injuries, especially at the receiving position and the running back position, those guys take about two years to really get back mm -hmm. to where they were, and to then also get past that point of potential re-injury. Mm -hmm. OBJ was the classic example of what could happen. So you mm -hmm. don't get until you get past that two two year mark. You know mm -hmm. he re ruptured and then had to have a second procedure, mm -hmm. and you know that's what you don't want to happen with these guys when they come back. So Jameson Williams is just getting closer to that two year mark. Mm -hmm. That's actually bodes better for him. Re injury rates go way down. Um, he should not have any mm -hmm. residual effects from mm -hmm. the original injury and surgery. It, all it really does is just cause him to get a little bit more rusty than he would have been otherwise. But uh, from a health perspective, it's not a huge deal. Mm -hmm. So good news if you're a Jameson Williams fan. If you like that. So, Brian, Brian, I want to ask you, the performance that they're able to have 18 months later, maybe even two years later in a case like this, not exactly, but you know, roughly speaking, does their ability to produce on the field vary? I mean, how much do you think that experience comes into play? 
um, scheme comes into play? Do you take anything else into account when it comes to recovery, maybe type of routes they're typically running, or do you basically just try to view it as a healthy body who's able to be on the field? No, I mean, so there's definitely statistically proven things that will suffer um, mm-hmm. up to 18 months, sometimes even up to that two-year mark, and usually it's the agility and power mm-hmm. um, things, and those can be measured. What can't be measured, though, is the athlete's ability to adapt, their mm-hmm. mental state of mind, how they kind of process all that stuff, and how they feel they are, um, their perception of being healthy and recovered. You can't mm-hmm. really measure that, quantify that, but... From a physical standpoint, we know that athletes tend to take a lot longer to develop all that agility and power back. Now, when you look at things like route running, you know, what type of player they were, the, the good players know that they won't, aren't ready or able to do what they were doing before and can adapt their game and contribute mm-hmm. in a different way and possibly sure. use some of their other skill sets to overcome some of that. So from a fan standpoint, you might not even notice some of those things on the field or in a stat line, mm-hmm. but, but those, those are real concerns, especially from the healthcare team and from the athletes, you know, you always worry like, okay, is he going to be able to make that route? Is he going to be able to break away again from that mm-hmm. defender? Like he did before, can sure. he, can he pivot and make that turn and get up the field like he did before? And, you know, even at 18 months, you might not be able to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a long time to bounce back. Mm-hmm. The reason for those nine to 12 months timeframes when, athletes are allowed to come back and typically do is because by then a lot of the physiologic healing of that ligament that's been reconstructed has occurred and there's not going to be any more healing to that. And mm-hmm. the risk of re-injuring it is basically no different than it was before it got injured. Sure. Um, so if you're going to be concerned about anybody this season, I'd be concerned about Brees Hall, you know, mm-hmm. coming back at the running back position, skill position. Uh, he got injured in October, had surgery, um, you know, they're talking that he might be ready week one. I think that's a little bit optimistic. If we look back at some of the other running backs um, who tore their ACL and come back, you know, classic example would last year was J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. and um, uh, the other Ravens uh, running back there, Gus Edwards. Yeah, Both struggled to get back on the field. You know, Dobbins came back probably very prematurely, had a hard time getting through training camp, mm-hmm. ended up having to sit out a few more weeks, um, and then really never – did much on the field at all mm-hmm. and then ended up having, I think have it shut down, had a second procedure on his knee to clean it out with an arth- arthroscopy. So mm-hmm. the worst thing you could do is try to get these guys back too soon. Sure. And, and especially at the running back position. So I would be more concerned about Brees Hall coming off an ACL injury at eight, nine, 10 months than I would be about Jamison Williams coming back almost two years later, only having played six games. No, absolutely. So I, I, when you look at something like last year's stat line, for James Moyne as far as what his snap percentage is to play on the field. And you see he did play six games coming back. He was used sparingly, decoy-esque, basically, you know, one catch, one rush. Um, does that tell you anything specific about maybe how the team views his injury, how his injury is coming along? Is there anything you can comp his last year to um, or anything that comes off the top of your head? Or are we looking at a, like a, a very one-off experience? No, I don't think you can really look at anything worth of substance from last year. Um mm-hmm. I think what they were doing, um, knowing that they really didn't have much going on heading into the offseason or, pre- or postseason, you know, they were just looking to get him anti- antiquated to the field, get him antiquated to the play schemes, the, the, the playbook, get him on the field just to shake off some of that rust so that heading into the offseason, he can really um, hit the ground running full force and, and work his way back into that starting lineup and be a big contributor heading into this season. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where this whole gambling thing really screws him because, <laughs> you know, all the work he's done in the offseason now is, is for naught. So, sure. um, but as from a, from a physical standpoint, from a, a health standpoint, um, last, last season, I think they did what they should have done with him and take him along slow, bring him back on slow, not expect too much out of him on the field, mm-hmm. just get him slowly, you know, reintegrated back onto the playing field and not expect too much in the, in the way of uh, numbers and statistics. With the, but the, the problem was the hope was that because this year was when we were really going <laughs> to need them and expect them to do a lot. And now it's going to be mm-hmm. six weeks in or six games in. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Now, Noted. I will say this. Um, we got the draft starting tomorrow. And every year I usually put out a big draft injury special, pre-draft injury special. I didn't get to it this year, unfortunately. But last year I did a big one. And I did a little bit of the history of the combine. So if you guys check it out, it talks about what the combine really was for, which is actually medical stuff. It was all four screenings, medical screenings, when it first was developed and started back in like the 80s or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And you will see guys drop their stock uh, heading into tomorrow because of injuries. And you may not necessarily know about it because a lot of this isn't brought to light during the combine because all that medical stuff is kind of tucked away in mm-hmm. privacy laws and issues like that. And you don't really don't talk to the healthcare team that, that does all the physicals and all the stuff mm-hmm. uh, at the combine. So, but trust me when I say um, you will see some players slip down. And if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why it mm-hmm. more than likely might tie into some of the medical issues that they found or that mm-hmm. players have dealt with in the past that came up during the combine screenings. So um, keep that in the back of your mind. If you see a player slipping that you thought maybe would go higher, and they were projected, uh, it could Mm -hmm. be for that reason. And so I talk about that in my episode that I did last year, so check it out. Um, And uh, I've got a long list of players this year that are going to be looked at with uh, kind of uh, some skepticism because of some old injuries. And um, Sean Tucker was one that a lot of guys have been asking me about. Um, Bijan Robinson was another guy. And uh, there's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of other ones. But um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Draft tomorrow, big day, NFL, and then we'll Before you know it, we'll be hitting up the fantasies. World awesome. Soon. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Of course. Amazing. Thank you, Brian. All right, fellas. I guess oh, I'll ask uh, <laughs> Chuck, who, who would you rather have? Oh, you got clapping going? I'm I do. I got all kinds of the applause. Dude, we got, you guys got pre-applause in this bitch. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually people watching outside my window. You didn't hear uh, it? Yeah, it's like the state farm commercial. Like, honey, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jagger. I cut you off there with the applause. Do you have a... No, man, you deserve it. Like, I'm over here worried about an injury, and then you're giving me, mm-hmm. like, a detailed medical essay of, like, why mm-hmm. I'm a fucking idiot. He's like, like you know, mm-hmm. you're basically like, shut up and dribble, dude. Just look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, not at all. all. Right. Listen, um, yeah. I base my whole fantasy roster on nothing but the injury history of the players mm-hmm. and whether or not I think they're going to make it through an entire season. So if you want to see how how that translates into results. Just look at me <laughs> where I stand in the standings <laughs> and I'm usually never near the top. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. So Brian, before you go, I'll, I guess I'll just ask you one question. Yes. Will Jameson Williams be on your fantasy rosters? No, because he's missing six games already. <laughs> I might, you know, I might pick oh, him yeah, up and put him on my bench. Guy. 
Sure. I might, I, I might, I might mm. pick him up and put him on my bench. So you're basically saying that he's about to have another rookie year. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, you know, the 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 one thing that you can't train, right? You can never train full speed game like conditions. You cannot replicate that except for being on the field to play during a game. He hasn't had enough time to do that, and now he's missing another six six weeks heading into the second season. Uh, it's it's it. These guys are elite. Don't get me wrong. If anybody can adapt and bounce back quickly, it's them. But but at the NFL level, so is everybody else. So they're still, you know, they're still starting out, uh, you know, under a weight there. So it, it, it's going to be a while before he gets into the full swing and we see what Jamison Williams is truly capable of. Sure. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic, Brian. Like I said, really, again, we really do appreciate it. That's, um, that's some terrific insight. And we know you're our go-to when this stuff pops up all year and it is going to pop up all. <laughs> oh, yeah. NFL season is my busiest season. I'll be around a lot. Don't worry. Thanks. All right. Take care, guys. Appreciate you, Brian. All right, Chuck. I guess we'll talk. We'll 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 just we'll talk about value on Jamison Williams going forward. I'll Mm -hmm. ask you three questions, and then we'll punt to Justin. Uh, First one: Will you have any Jamison Williams? Yes. Two and you you will. Okay. Two. Sorry. In Dynasty, what are you willing to pay for Jamison Williams? I'm willing to pay a mid to a mid to early second. Just how I feel. Also, I'll throw some Elijah Mitchell in there for um for right. <laughs> So one man's trash and another man's trash. <laughs> Three. All right, then. Well, to you. I, wait, you got a third question. Oh boy, Justin, you catching it? I'm fair catching it. I'm fair catching it. Go. I ain't returning this one. Yeah, there, there you we go. go. We can hear you. There we okay. go. Yeah, there we go. Clutch. All right, what do you got for me? All right, third question, or uh, third mm. question for you was redraft. What mm. are you? Where are you willing to sure. draft him in redraft? Or are you? Willing I will to not him touch redraft? this motherfucker in redraft. <laughs> okay, no, no, I'm sorry. That's what I thought. Like, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. And I look. I don't know. And I'm talking right now, this moment. I don't know what this team is about to do in the draft. Are they? Is this a Super Bowl? They're going to push their chips all in, or I, I haven't seen enough production out of the wide receiver two spot in that offense to make me believe that. There are the passes to go around. Are they going to draft a stud running back to pair with, you know, the muddled but talented core they have? They've got all the tight ends in the world. No, I'm I'm going to let – there's too many good wide receivers for me to fuck around and let this guy, you know, waste a roster spot for me and redraft. All right. Justin, same questions. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Jamison Williams Dynasty for sure. I already have. Um, gambling and all, I already have. Um, what would I value at him in? Maybe a late first-round pick. Hmm. Like if we're talking 10 to 12, I'm already throwing a gamble there anyways yeah. on somebody that maybe I'm not so sure about. Why not just throw it on another guy I'm not so sure about, but he's on, in a good position. Hmm. Um. And then redraft. 
I'm a guy who's always down to go get those problem guys in redraft because I'm also the guy to go out and get rookies that I'm like, okay, cool. You could totally be my back end of the year type of guy. So if he falls into that later round, so like I'm talking like he's like 12 to 15. Nobody wants to touch him because of the six game suspension. Hell yes. I will click the draft button. Because when he comes back and it's about like week 10 and he starts to go off, you motherfuckers are going to be looking on the waiver wire and I'll be like, ah, no, Justin already drafted him for his championship. Justin, do you have any pets? Yes. <laughs> where, where do you have? I have uh, one Maine Coon cat. Uh, where did you basically get Basically where I'm at is uh, – uh, Shelter. Um, okay. You're a shelter guy. That makes I'm sense. willing to pay a late first. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jack, are you saying late, like first? late first? Essentially, um, mm-hmm. like um, I, I, after Josh Downs in a draft, I think wide receivers mm-hmm. drop off. So I'm willing to to pay even over what Levis. I know you like him, Chuck, but I'm willing to mm-hmm. pay like a late first pick up mm-hmm. James Williams, stash him on my roster, and then like see what happens because we get to do that in dynasty but like you said about redraft there's no way that you can touch him there's no way that you can draft him because you like six weeks in some let's think about like you're in a scott fishbowl and in six weeks having someone give you no production is the difference between you winning and losing that's a massive gamble some people will take that they'll draft jameson williams stash him and they're like well hey if i make it to the playoffs it'll put me over the edge but if you don't that's probably the reason that you're going to miss a cut line or something because those are points that you aren't getting so to be honest on in redraft i have to have the perfect I have to have the perfect draft for wide receivers mm-hmm. to where I can have them. Or on the flip side, it has to be worst case scenario mm-hmm. where now I'm trying to reach for stuff and I'm trying to put something together and I put my value elsewhere. Sure. So essentially that that's where I'm at for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I definitely feel better after Brian again. Thank you. Um, after that, we have, some slight news. It, it, I, I guess it, it's actually serious news. I guess it just doesn't matter as far as as the difference in fantasy. But D Hop potentially being traded to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about the player that yeah. If you want, we'll start. Sound it out. <laughs> yeah, let's um let's take a quick second here to just kind of you know reset. We know we've got the editing capabilities to do so. So um Jager, can you hear us coming through okay? Is everything feeding through okay on your end? Can I hear a skip? No. Yeah. And by. Okay, you're moving okay now. Speed seems right. speed seems like it's coming together. You're moving at a rate that seems are we are you are you are we okay, I got you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, can you hear me now? Your eyes are, you, the ultimate test is your okay. eye movement. I can tell when your eyes are moving at a rate oh, that okay. humans would move. 
Um, yeah, you seem these now. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but essentially, like, I don't know if you guys got any of that. Uh, but no, no, just right, right back. You're good. Like, okay, where do you want me to start? D hop. <laughs> Yeah, D-hop. Uh, yeah, just go with D Hop. Yeah, with D Hop to the Ravens. To me, it doesn't matter where D Hop mm-hmm. is. He's the same as Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. with more upside because he's played more games, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And I was going to punt it to you, Justin, to get your thoughts. All right. So this one I'm going to fair catch as well because I, you know, honestly, it doesn't matter if Lamar Jackson's not there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Lamar Jackson at this point, whether he gets traded or not, if he doesn't sign on the dotted line, then the Ravens are screwed. You know, then they're just a running back happy offense that has two aging wide receivers and uh, Huntley to throw the ball. So the Ravens really need to get serious and make this move to bring Lamar Jackson in. And then we can talk about what that means for D-Hop and Odell Beckham Jr., which happen to be two of the most injury-prone wide receivers over the past, like, what, two, three years? So I don't, you know, I'm not excited about this move. I'm sure there are a lot of Baltimore Ravens fans that are. Um, but, yeah, this really doesn't move the needle for me. No, Makes it's, um... sense. I was going to say to you, Chuck, go ahead. Uh, it's just tough because there's so many variables to the situation still. I mean, let's say you woke up tomorrow and DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham are the starting wide receivers for the Ravens. I mean, what? It, it's a shame. You know, they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. They're trying to absolutely rock things out. Um, they bring Lamar Jackson back. And I got to say, that's like that's some potential legendary stuff we're talking about. This is a guy who has proven – what's the go-to example for – a stud wide receiver doesn't need high-end quarterback play to pursue. It's, it's always been DeAndre Hopkins. It has been for a better part of a decade now. Um, I But there is a limit. There is a limit. And it's the same thing about what we just talked about, right, with Jamison Williams. There's too many good wide receivers out there. The the, the bottom floor of, of an, a great pass catcher has been risen so much over the last three years that – I can pick and choose. I, I can be a no, I can be a little, you know, I, I can be a little prissy shopper when I, when I'm trying to figure this shit out and I can play the high card whenever I want. I don't think it hurts Odell if Hopkins comes there. Um, I mean, this is just, it's just too much up in the air still. I hate to say it, but it, it there's too much of it. It's a shame that Deandre Hopkins going to another team potentially doesn't move the needle at all. I agree with you, Justin. Well, in redraft, if anything, I think it it raises his redraft value because he has a quarterback that we know that is good and the ball right Mm -hmm. away. But if you got to think about dynasty, man, like like you said, he he hasn't stayed healthy at this point. Like Mm -hmm. I can't trust him to stay healthy throughout a season. So, you know, at what point is a team not trusting him? And at that point, that lowers his value as well. So like th- that's a conundrum. In redraft, I'll probably own a couple of shares, but as far as dynasty, I've been selling and I'm not that's just not the way I roll. I don't buy old players unless yeah. I am desperate. It would take yeah. but I tell them when they're just folding it next year then then risking it on an old player yeah. like that. I will say like you said, D Hop is an exception, but it's 
uh, at what point would you rather like at this point you could probably buy Jameson Williams somehow with D hop. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. But if you got a sucker, you could do it, you know, yeah. but I, I don't know. And then, and then we, another thing we don't think about is, is passing Ravens have historically low passing volume. And a lot of that is because they basically run Lamar Jackson often. Like I'm one who said that Justin Fields, you don't want him running as much as he as he as he does now but Lamar Jackson that's the way he plays he is best when he's throwing on the run he doesn't have the pocket presence that Justin Fields has so uh, to me um it doesn't really move the needle I won't have any I won't spend a draft pick on him not a player that I want um I don't know what you what you guys think about redraft and dynasty so if Lamar Jackson signed, uh, if he signed with the Ravens tomorrow to cement this Hopkins OBJ, we're pushing all our chips in. Would you trade DeAndre Hopkins for Jamison Williams straight up, or vice versa? Who wins that trade? Oh, Jamison Williams, hands down. I don't think it gets done. Like if I posted that on Twitter, it would get mm-hmm. roasted as as hell. <laughs> but like if 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 you could. Let's say someone is really high on Jamison Williams and they have a contending roster and you'll say, Hey, I'll give you DeAndre Hopkin. I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins and the one, mm-hmm. the one eleven. And yeah. that might be the, that might be what gets it done. Like DeAndre Hopkins is that kind of sweetener, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to continue to frame his value in a way, show what people have left for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to put any value exactly. into DeAndre Hopkins because of his injury history. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, we'll end it there, and we'll pay some bills and talk about our underdog segment of the week. Well, we'll shift to rookies. Please. Underdog Fantasy is here to save your post-fantasy football season blues. The easiest place to play and win with the Underdog Fantasy app. Get up to 20 times your money in a single night with our Pick'em contests. Grab some insurance when setting your picks and win even when one pick fails. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. Sit gingerbread, good girl. All right, dog seven of the week. We're talk- talking about rook spots. We got perfect landings and crash landings. We'll go through the. We'll go through every. Sorry, everything cut out again. We'll go through every position and we'll discuss mm-hmm. what is the worst case scenario for where running back would land. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's say like if Chicago would Ooh. draft a QB or something like that, sure. that yeah, would yeah. probably never have. If it did, did yeah. if it did, how would we with running? Justin, I want you to talk about the worst landing spot for fantasy for running back to land. Uh, so worst spot in fantasy for a running back to land, I would say is probably behind one of the the juggernaut teams, kind of mm-hmm. like a, you know like a Detroit right now, where you've got so many like variables into their running game. You know, you got Montgomery, you got Swift coming in. Uh, I wouldn't want to be behind CMC in San Francisco. You got CMC, you got Elijah Mitchell. You know, there's always a plethora of backs that run there. Um, 
you know, another spot that would be bad. Shoot. So I, I can jump I in. Right? Okay. If, if you want, you're it. talking about these contenders, right? Uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, absolute. Um, and when we were talking about teams, like you said, these contenders, most of them are contenders because they don't have, they don't waste their capital on star running backs, at least high draft capital. Right. No. Um, they're able to make up the position with either t- terrific schemes or they're able to find, identify value later in the draft. Um, Buffalo would be an absolutely horrific landing spot for any of these guys. Um, that was actually when I did, when we did, when, when we talked about this project, I actually projected, you know, I, I did a specific player. And I thought Gibbs, Gibbs to Buffalo was my no, or Cincy, no. And I like, I get it. I get there's a talent deficiency at both of those places, assuming Cincinnati moves on from Joe Mixon or keeps him, <laughs> honestly. But um, I just, you're talking about a bad scheme fit. Um, there's different kind of career paths these guys need to have. I want these stud or at least close to stud-ish running backs to go to a team where you know you got the quarterback is a little yeah, you know a little Washington a little Las Vegas maybe a little Minnesota a little Tampa just just make it happen make it happen avoid these juggernauts like Justin said completely avoid them no, I agree with you on Buffalo because they're yeah, that makes sense because like, not where... getting the I'll go yeah. ahead I'm sorry yeah I've already spoken yeah <laughs> no you're okay like uh like to explain what I'm talking about is like I think like Washington is a terrible spot for running back. Yeah. Like essentially, yeah. unless you're Bijan Robinson, Washington mm-hmm. would be a terrible spot because they got Antonio Gibson, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you got Antonio Gibson, there, mm-hmm. right? I, who knows what what's going on over there at that? Point. Then when yeah. you think about uh, like I guess. Another one you brought up, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Hold Gibbs on, J- Jager. I, 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 before you before you before you get before you get to that, I want to kind of like bounce around. So, if the Commanders were to take a running back in the first three rounds, what do you what do you yourself think that think that the team thinks about their current running back situation? Do you think that changes it at all? Are we talking about like maybe a fourth or later is maybe a little bit more like I would hate for him to be there. But do you think that if they were to put an emphasis on decent, you know, top 90 draft capital on another running back that that might say they don't believe? Yeah. Hmm. I would say that if that's the case, they don't believe in Antonio Gibson to be a a change of pace and, uh, receiving back. Yeah. I, I think that they have faith in Brian Robinson because he is a solid, like, run-at-you type of a bag. He's a solid type of guy that can get between the tackles. He's not really much with the ball as far as, like, catching it. But, you know, if I'm looking at that, I'm looking at them possibly yeah. going out and maybe getting somebody like a Gibbs would be, yeah. like, an interesting pick for them if it, he felt them in the second round because yeah. you think about it, he was one of the biggest passing threats for Alabama. So yeah. he would be Passing. somebody who can maybe supplement what an Antonio Gibson was supposed to be doing, being mm-hmm. as how he was a receiver out of Memphis when he was drafted. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody who can actually pass protect a little better, mm-hmm. can be a good transition back, and then you still have the workhorse guy yeah. that you can beat up up the middle. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of give Sam Howell some options. Sure. I mean, I'm not huge on the commanders going out and getting a pick at the running back position because I just 
I mean, as much as we want to talk about them getting a receiving back, their scheme just doesn't seem to fit that. Like no, they've got I, that very yeah. old school scheme. I'm right there with you. And I just, I never put it past any of these teams, you know, and we'll skip to wide receivers here in a second. Yeah. But, you know, last year, I hate to say, I was one of the people, I was like, no, why are the Seahawks taking Kenneth Walker? No, why are the Jets taking Brees Hall? I like Rashad Penny. I like Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. I didn't like them as like franchise cornerstones. And I was like, no, spread the love, spread the running back love to these teams that do not have it, do not congest all the playable assets once you've won one little roster and I, i'm just i'm in fear for that happening again for a couple of these guys well, well to be fair to the jets um sorry i cut you off be fair to the jets they got Brees hall in the second round so they gave everybody a chance right. to go grab him you're right so. you're right i just um i just remember my wife being like i've never heard you talk like that before <laughs> i was like oh, shit. i'm sorry I'll, I'll, I'll cool it down i'll cool it down all right we'll uh we'll move on to and i think jager will be back in a little bit so um it, 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 we'll rock this forward Let's talk about perfect, and then we'll do crash landing spots for wide receivers. So I'll hit one real quick, and then I'll, I'll tee you up. So Jordan Addison to the Giants. The video came out today. He would love to play for the Giants. He had this nice, wholesome, homegrown. He's my team. I loved it. It was everything you want to see in a prospect. I do not want him to go there. I want him to be a successful NFL wide receiver. Um, that's, a t- it's an amazing that a team that signs so many wide receivers is still in desperate need. And I get it. It makes sense from an optic standpoint, but I just don't believe that he can hit the ceiling that I think he has, uh, from a Daniel Jones, minimal, you know, a dot passing attack. It just, um, I-, I would just hate to see it overall. Um, you got any thoughts on that before we get to yours? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Jordan Addison fits the bill of every wide receiver they have in the building right now. Mm-hmm. He's kind of more of a big play threat. Uh, Darius Slayton. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins is more of a possession receiver, but you can look at Sterling Shepard, all these guys that kind of stretch the field and get mm-hmm. injured doing it. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> what you're saying is they were big play guys and then they started playing with Daniel Jones and the Giants and they got fucking. You know, and somehow they all have like new ACLs. Like every one of them, Sterling Shepard. I don't know how he's still playing, but it's applause crazy. to that man. Where's the applause of Tron? This, yeah. this man is still going out there. He's always injured. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, okay, so who is uh, who would be your um, – let's talk your – so that was my crash. I even skipped my play. Who would be your – we'll flip it. Who's your crash landing spot for a wide receiver? Oh, my crash landing spot for a wide receiver would be JSN for the Bears. Um, I know that's something a lot of people are like, the Ohio State connection. (laughs) Let's go. I'll give you another connection. Work with me here, Chuck. Please. Here's a Chicago connection, homegrown, a guy who can play multiple positions, and he's in a position where they desperately need because they need to protect this guy named Justin Fields. So why don't you go out and get Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern, get the Chicago boy in there, mm-hmm. and let's see. You can plug him in at right tackle. You can plug him in at right guard. You can plug him in wherever you want because he's got mm-hmm. that type of versatility. Yeah. Let's start protecting our quarterback. You went out and got DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Let's not try and make it flashy. Yeah. Let's get our hands a little bit dirty. Let's get in the trenches and let's yeah. build this thing, Chicago. Cause no, we don't yeah. want to be where we were, you know, two years yeah. ago, two years yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you're saying that the Midwest produces good offensive linemen. 
No shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like it a lot. No, I completely agree because he could have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Garrett Wilson back there. And if he's um, if he's getting sacked seven, approaching 70 times, some his own fault, most is not. If you actually watch him play, um, it's not going to matter. So I'm right there with you. Um, I don't want to see those memes this year of like – linemen jamar chase like anybody you know the like the the graphic of like the, that whole thing i don't want to see any of those with justin fields i i completely agree you got your what you, you got your guy don't push the, don't push the envelope so and, we'll, and you know it's kind of yeah. like jagger said i don't want to see i want to see justin fields in the pocket doing some good stuff when he has to get outside yeah let him go but i don't want him running all day long that just shortens my dynasty value for him because if he's running that means that there's more of a chance that he's going to get hit hard and you see so many like these versatile mobile quarterbacks breaking their legs and it's just not worth it you know cuts it short so i'll um i'll keep the ball in your short we'll flip it positive now where would you love to see one of these great wide receivers or great (laughs) where would you like to see one of these draftable wide receivers go to um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with JSN, but I'm gonna stick him in an NFC North rival. Let's go stick him with the Packers. Let's get your alpha. Let's Ooh. get him next to Christian Watson, and let's see everybody try and slow that duo down. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want Jordan Love to succeed, you want to give him all the weapons possible. Mm-hmm. Go out there, give him an alpha possession guy. Let him have Christian Watson be the big play guy. And then Romeo Dobbs can be your slot guy. And let's just see what you can do, because we all know the mm-hmm. Packers are good at drafting late-round linemen. Yeah. So go out and actually draft an offensive player this year. So the Packers have the 13th pick. Do you expect JSN to still be on the board? Um, That's within the range I expect him to be, like, sure. ending. So I think he'll probably reach at the very last pick. He would reach about, like, 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that even if the Jets saw him on the board, I think the Jets would consider it with how good their yeah. line has been. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they, they, didn't, they haven't made – they haven't made that much investment at the wide receiver position. I mean, now that they've shipped Elijah Moore off. So here's a question and we'll get to mine after. Cause I'd like, I'd like the way we're rolling with this train right now. Do you think that there's a team and you don't have to be specific, but do you think that J there's, there are teams out there that JSN could be a, a sunk cost asset fantasy wise for at least until, you know, maybe a year or so passes. Um, I, I hate to break your heart, but probably like something like a, like a Tampa Bay, you know, like if we were talking about trying to get a Mike Evans replacement in there, I think that would be, uh, man, it's just, it is because Baker's back there. The line is shit. There's so many things that could go wrong, but I'm just like thinking of myself, if they saw him there, they would go draft 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 yeah because we need somebody to replace mike evans but that's one so, of those positions where i'm so, like mm, so here's yeah. here's what i actually and i talked about this today with um myself um i think that they would actually trade chris godwin before they would trade mike evans and i think they would try to replace godwin um and there's a multitude of factors that i think carry into that but uh, I think Godwin would have a tra- higher trade market. Yeah. He's younger. They could get a better haul back. And Mike Evans has probably meant more to the Buccaneers and the organization and the area than any than any player since probably Rondé Barber. 
Um, he's they're trying to lock him up as a lifer, so they'll probably move heaven and earth to not get rid of him, even though it makes sense because he's pretty. And both of those guys can slide into almost any team and be an instant um, instant value. But I think you know, I do think JSN would be a hall banging against our corpse <laughs> if he gets drafted by us. So God willing, no. As much as I love him, what, what would you ask for in return for Godwin if you were the Bucks? You know, if you were uh, flipping him out. Probably you were, you were probably, taking phone calls. What do you? What's your first sure. thing? I'd call the Bears and I'd try and get the first overall pick. At least get the one hundred and one. Uh, try and get. I don't know. Light's pretty crafty. Um, he, he's a ter- he's become a terrific drafter. I mean, he's got the biggest stain. He's got the biggest skid mark in NFL draft history with Roberto Aguayo. But um, if you are able to skip that aside, he's pulled some pretty good nuggets out. Uh, um, so I mean, his trading ability has been whatever. But how many NFL GMs are pulling off trades to begin with? It's a very rare, and uh, I mean, it's not a not. But I would ask for if you're talking about one of those wide receivers specifically, Godwin. I would at the very least want what is he 27? I'd want a second. He's an instant impact player, maybe even a first. I could see a first being you know the bargaining chip, but. Um, we'll t- take whatever value we can get back. So let's um, let's skip. Where were we right now? Skip. Come on, skip. Let's, skip. Um, my my perfect landing spot was actually going to be the Seahawks. The Seahawks for one of these guys because I don't think there's really a true alpha outside of JSN in the class. Um, I think that this is a team that's flirted with uh, and actually had Zay Flowers in here, which I thought would be super hot. It'd be a little bit of a reach depending on, you know, when they're able to take him. I know they've got some dancing they can do as far as some picks down the line. Um, but I think he's kind of been the high they've been chasing. Uh, there's very little pressure for him to step up immediately, but I think his skill set, as you know, this kind of like space working home run hitter, you know, it translates instantly, especially as the third banana. You know, DK is DK. We all love him. Lockett's getting a little older. You know, he's losing a little bit of that. He's transitioned almost into a possession receiver, even though he's still capable of the big play production. Um, so I'd love – that's a team that's always valued, always valued having two above average, pretty good wide receivers. So I'd love for them to, you know, get that revolving door going. So do you get him with – do you just say fudge it and go straight for the number? Uh, was it six pick with him? Is it six no, or they five? Got, they they have, have twenty. They have twenty. Also, they do have the five, yeah. but they have uh, they have twenty as well. Um, I'm sure with them having the flexibility that they do, there will be some maneuvering going on. But if you're talking about just what I think is an ideal landing spot, I mean they're they're the West Coast Steelers. I mean they coach wide receivers um, almost as well as anybody in the league. So I just love. Um, I mean, there's all teams that, you know, we want there to be an emergence, you know, Buffalo coming to mind. We want that breakout. Somebody come in here and we know what they'll be capable of if they do. But um, I trust the Seahawks. You know, we talked earlier about CJ Stroud and Fitz, right? I trust them. I trust that team to be able to rock something. So, yeah, that's who I would slap for that. You know what I like about the Seahawks? I hated about them too because they're a division rival. Is yeah. they are never afraid to go out and take a specific talent, mm-hmm. even if it comes with like character issues or something like that. No. So for me, I'm like looking at it like, yeah, that would be like the perfect fit for them. He doesn't have character yeah. issues, but he's just got that infinite amount of talent. Mm-hmm. And if somebody doesn't need him, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, oh, well, we'll take him for sure. Yeah. We'll pour him over here. Yeah. And we'll just let him get better behind DK Metcalf, who is a, not a carbon copy, but a big play threat just like him. 
and he can learn how to like really crisp up his route running from Tyler Lockett, yeah. who I think could actually fit in if that scheme worked out as a pretty nice slot receiver. Yeah. So you're kind of scaring me over here, Chuck. <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean to, because I know you're going to get on, you know, you're going to use your burner tomorrow to get on there and pull up like his arrest record or something. But uh, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the Seahawks, no, you, <laughs> the Seahawks, no, you're, you're right though. They're like, they don't, they're like, dude, we'll take guys who don't even have hands. Like we can, we can beat you with our coaching and with our scheme and with our character and our culture they are that they've been a rock for a long time, um, and I'm waiting for that rock to be grinded into dust. Don't get me wrong, as a fellow NFCer, but um, I mean, hey, until they prove otherwise, they're they're their trains rolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll is made out of nothing but granite and bubble gum. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> That's gonna survive the apocalypse. It's just gonna be him chewing under some fucking rock formation. All right, let's end this segment with some quarterback landing spots. And if you don't mind, I'm going to take the lead here because we've been dancing around it all segment. Um, we already covered T, uh, uh, we already covered CJ Stroud. So I'll, you know, uh, CJ Stroud to the Texans was my ideal not landing spot because we talked about fit, um, him, you know, going from the weapons they had at, in the protection they had at Ohio State and the scheme and everything to the Texans. I just and if I hear the Texans, I truly don't think that they should. You know, they they're going to have a top pick next year. I don't think they need to waste their time. You know, this is they've clearly committed to a long rebuild, and that's all been litigated. We all are in this. So I'll skip to what I'm very excited for. I'm very excited for this, Justin. You have no idea. I stopped the car and I got honked at behind me at a at a light. The light was green, and I still had to get my note off. My ideal landing spot is Will Levis to the Baltimore Ravens. Can you believe it? How you like that one? You think anyone's ever said that sentence in their life? <laughs> I don't think Ozzy Newsome has ever thought that before. Oh <laughs> uh, well, let's get let's let's get this to whoever whoever is his it? secretary is banging. Let's get this out. Is it Eric DaCosta that, that is the GM now? Is that yeah, who it is? Over. But still, we we all know Ozzy's still running the show. That's who we have to go to if we want to pipeline this. Uh, you know what? I love your boldness for Will Levis. I don't have it. I don't have a lick of love for that guy. Okay. I mean, it's not the mayonnaise and the coffee or the whole banana thing. Yeah. It, it's the fact that I don't think this guy could read an NFL defense to save his mm-hmm. life. Um, Understandable. Um, yeah. I, 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 my, so my counterpoint to this, and it's what we just talked about recently too, and this is why I feel so strongly about this, is – I mean, who who has done more to maximize their quarterback play despite potential skill set issues than the Ravens? And I mean, we're going back the better part of over a decade now. Flacco, Lamar, we're talking about um, a very malleable team, a flexible team. The roster isn't as talented as it was three years ago, uh, but they have such a strong sense of culture there. I think if, you know, if they're able to at that pick, you know, I wouldn't suggest they trade up, of course, um, but at a, at that late teens pick that I believe that they have, you know, if they can find a quarterback that'll pop, and this is obviously, you know, I'm under the assumption that Richardson, Young, and Stroud will be gone, and Levis is the dropper in this scenario. So there's obviously a lot predicated on this. Um, but I think strong coaching, they can retool the following offseason, and they can probably, you know, they'll be able to compete with um, with the best asset in football right now, which is a, a startable rookie on a, on a rookie contract. Um, and I just, you know, I trust them. Like you said, this is about teams that always have their finger on the pulse. If the Ravens drafted Will Levis, people would probably go, "Oh shit!" You know, it's just it's just a it's a gut instinct kind of thing. I'll give you that. 
uh, culture-wise, the Ravens have it. And yeah. the Ravens have always been kind of like the Eagles, a mm-hmm. really good developmental spot for yeah. rookies. They get the best out of the players that they draft. So I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not put my uh, reservations for uh, – <laughs> I have my reservations for Will Levis put aside for this. He, yeah. to me, is the worst of all four of the quarterbacks. <laughs> Um, oh, no, I hate to hear that. You said I, you said you didn't even say I won't. You said I will actually, not, which is when I knew that you're about to drop the hammer on this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, the passion's coming out when I start bundling yeah. up the English here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll say this though: I would take Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. as a Ravens head GM over yeah. Will Levis. Wow. It's just it it fits a little bit better. Okay, so you're you're leading. I tried to avoid this, and I didn't put Anthony Richardson here because I guess I just wonder, you know, is that sure is the modern athlete going towards that kind of skill set? Yes, it is. But you know, maybe they're just kind of tired of the bullshit and they just want to switch it up a little bit. I don't know. This is just the fantasy world that um, this is just the one the one percent path that I'm imagining them go down. But you're right though. You're talking about fit. You're talking about schematically and what the team has been good at recently. Hooker, absolutely can't disagree with that. Yeah. Well, I got one for you because I know we're running a little bit short on time. Um, Give me. I'm going to say my perfect fit. I'm going to throw this out here is Anthony Mm -hmm. Richardson. Mm-hmm. going to the Las Vegas Raiders and I'll tell you why it is it is beautiful I'll tell you this the Las Vegas Raiders have nothing but great offensive weapons for the sky mm-hmm. and Jimmy Garoppolo is notorious for at some point throwing three interceptions in a game yeah so if he sits behind Jimmy for six, seven games, mm-hmm. gets kind of a little bit of hold of the offense, Jimmy has one of those, ah, hey, look, that's the Jimmy Garoppolo we know games. Yeah. He comes okay. in. Yeah. He's throwing to Devontae Adams. He's handed it off to Josh Jacobs. Oh, hey, there's Jacoby Myers single covered because everybody wants to double up Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And worst comes to worst, here's Hunter Renfro over yeah. the middle. I think that would be a match made in heaven. And like I said, they have him on a two-year deal, so Jimmy's not going anywhere. No, They're going to make right. sure that he is there to either teach or play. And I think that Anthony Richardson could really use a good teacher yeah. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has done that for the past three years. It seems like he's been teaching his protege. Yeah. So you're, you're Jimmy Garoppolo. You're like, what is with these Californiers and drafting my backup? Like the second I signed this lucrative contract, Trey Lance, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, guys, like, I got to get back to Boston where they don't put up with this nonsense. <laughs> he's like, Josh, I thought it was going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> Liar. We had a deal. We had a deal. Um, no, I, I like that a whole lot, especially, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that needs a splash. You're talking about a coach that needs a Hail Mary. Um, I think that nobody in the world is saying, oh, they got their guy when they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. It was like, oh, they got a guy, you know, they yeah. didn't. So I, I, I think that could be, um, that could be one of those marriages in Vegas that actually lasts, um, if they draft Anthony Richardson, <laughs> so that'd be, that'd be, that'd be pretty nice. 
I, I just love the meme of Spider-Man and it's like mm. pointing at another Spider-Man. It's like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Can't get over <laughs> You can't get over the hump. All right. Um, I think that we're going to, we're going to get hit the road here before we hit the road. I'd like to bust one last little quick segment on, on it for us. This is it. We don't get, we don't get pre-draft coverage for 365 more days. This is a wrap. It's going to be it. So I'm going to hit us with you and I are going to do a ping pong four round Bihan Robinson draft. All right. I'm going to give you the honors. We're just going to ping pong back and forth. You do one. I do one. You do one. I do one. You pick a team. He's going to go to, I pick a team. He's going to go to uh, the loser buys the winner a drink. That sound good. Oh my gosh. Four <laughs> rounds. So four rounds. Yeah. Four. Can you believe it? Four teams. Oh how, do, how do we, God. how do we, don't say everybody don't forget to hit us up for our venmo for the content that we put out there all right exactly uh, buy us so a drink at the expo we got plenty of stories yes please <laughs> please 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 uh subsidize our good times with your tax dollars um so i'm gonna get you're the first i suggested this so i'm gonna let you take the first pick what te- give me your first team that you think Ihan will fall to uh at number 10 the obvious answer philadelphia eagles wow that's fantastic and that would make everybody mad and everybody happy at the same time. It'd be an absolute trade war. It'd be a trade war. I love that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the absolute haymaker out there. I'm going Lions. I think the Lions might go. Hey, you know what? I like Montgomery. This Swift guy. He might not be it. He might not be it. He might not have the chops from a health perspective. So I'm taking the Lions. Ball back in your court. Wow, that's a nice one. I really like that one. Um, you know what? Let's see. Hmm. Who could really use the services of B on Robin? Who really couldn't use the services, right? So, you know, I'm going to stick in the NFC East. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it because they really are not my favorite team. The Dallas Cowboys. How do you supplement Ezekiel Elliott? You trade up and you go get John so you're talking you've gone absolute pipe dream city with the eagles and the cowboys um i'm going god no but okay i guess i get it and i'm gonna hit you with the atlanta falcons uh the falcons is a team that does not know you can pass the ball might not ever know um they're stuck in some sort of um time loop i don't know if they've inception themselves too deep in the hole uh they need to be they need to kick they need to be woken up but um either way i'm taking uh Arthur Smith, if there's one thing I can count on, it's this guy's hard on for running back. So Falcons for me, flipping it back to you. Yeah. One thing you can also count on Arthur Smith is that he really cares about our fantasy teams. More than anybody. <laughs> more than anybody. I can't think of anybody else who, who cares more. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, you know what? Next one I'm going to go with is actually a wild card of all wild cards. Love it. Why don't we go with the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, is there anything predicated on this? Does this assume that Dalvin signs with the Dolphins kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, has Dalvin been released yet? He has has not, but today he he indicated that he would like to play for the Dolphins as his preferred team. So what better way to get rid of Dalvin Cook Hmm. and send him off to Miami get like a second or a third round pick out of him and bring in his replacement. You got a bigger version of Dalvin cook, a better receiver version of Dalvin cook. And now you've got Justin Jefferson, 
Dow or Justin Jefferson, B. John Robinson, and Hawk or TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, that could be the one running back, the one wide receiver, and hell, I'll say it, the one tight end next oh, yeah. year on the absolute, same team. A- absolute shenanigans, and uh, damn, you're absolutely swamping my team. So I'm just going to limp to the finish line with this. That was very nice. I'm going to say that the Houston Texans take their quarterback at two, and I'm going to say that they take their running back at twelve. And they just go Jaguar. They go 2020 Jaguars or 21 Jaguars with it. They get their Lawrence and they get their souped up ETN. Um, and they just try to bring a little spark to a city that hasn't had it since the, um, oh God, whenever they had it. <laughs> so that'll, that'll, that'll be my roundup. You had Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings. I had Lions, Falcons, Texans. Um, I feel like you'll be buying me a drink, but I want to buy you a drink. So I think we feel pretty good about all that. Um, you want anything to say before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, no, I mean, it's an exciting time. I hope everybody's got their nachos and their beer ready because the draft is one of my favorite experiences. Um, I know Chuck, Chuck loves it too. And Chuck, don't worry about it, dog. First round's on me. You can get the second round. We'll make Jagger get the rest of the rounds. How about that? I'm into that. I'm into that a whole bunch. Um, I'm really excited. A lot, a lot of fun's going to happen. This draft is insane. Um, I just, you know, I'm just going to be patiently waiting. I'm going to be patiently waiting, my man. We'll, we'll recap all this next week for everybody. We'll lay some hard, hot takes down. Um, and we'll also say some things about football. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, my man. It's been an absolute pleasure. You want to send us off? Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us next week. And as always, we are the TSS Dynasty Hour, and we are here to bring the Dynasty news to the people. Bringing it, baby. Bringing it. Wild card. Wild card. Woo!